got it. Just in case something happened, y'all able to run away, amen? But listen, I love that video. That's one of my favorite videos, and, and one of the reasons I love it is because it's in a church, first off. And I don't know if y'all seen those chairs, but they kind of look like ours. It's just a little bit, you know, but I, I ain't going to get too much into that, amen? But, but when you think about that, that picture and, and, and that being in a church, and there were still people still left after it was over. And I want you to know, I don't, after tonight, I don't want you to be that guy in the red shirt. Because that guy in the red shirt, I guarantee you, that wasn't his first time coming to church. He was probably the guy that come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. But he never fully gave himself over to the Lord. And listen, when you don't fully give yourself over to the Lord, you're just wasting your time. Amen. And so we got to get to the place to where we say, you know what, Lord, I'm all yours. And another reason I like that video is because it, it humbles me. I don't know about you guys, but it humbled me. Because I don't want to be that person that's left behind. I don't want to be that person that think I'm doing the right things. And then be left behind to only look around and see nobody's left but me. And if that's not your heart, we got to do something different. Amen? In that video, it also brings to me a, a verse in Matthew chapter 7. And this verse scares me. Not in a sense of, oh man, I'm scared. But in a sense of, Lord, I, I need to know that I'm going with you. Lord, every day I wake up, I want to know, Lord, am I going with you? Is it me? Can I make it with you? Will you count me worthy? Because in Matthew 7, starting in verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Watch this. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Amen. Verse 22, and many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Lord Jesus, I pray that tonight, Lord, that you will speak to each and every one of us, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts, Lord, that you will take every bit of pride that is in us, Lord, and you will remove it in the name of Jesus. Pride, I command you to leave in this place in the name of Jesus, because we got to get to the place to where we surrender to you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you will do a mighty work in this place. Lord, I love you. I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Listen, in, in verse 21, it says that he who does the will of the Father will be the one to enter in. He who does the will of the Father will be the one that, that will be gone when it comes time, when that day comes. Amen. And so you think about the will of the Father. Where do you find the will of God at? In his word. And so I challenge you today. If you're not reading his word, I challenge you today that today be the day that you start reading his word. Amen. 
And so if you want to look at the title of this message, are you getting ready? Are you ready to work? Amen. Are you ready to work? It's, it's no longer time to sit back and to, to just play church. Amen. It's no longer time to sit back and say, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to church and I'm doing a good thing. It's no longer time for us to, to have people around us thinking that we're good Christians. Because how many know those people don't matter? God's word is the only, only thing that matters. Amen. And I was thinking about a, a thinking about a story and thinking about all the things that's going on in the world today. And if you want to turn into your Bibles to Matthew chapter 20, I, I was just thinking about this uh, passage and I was thinking about it and, and it just spoke to me. And it just spoke to me saying, you know what? This is what's going on today. This passage is what's going on today. And, and what it is, is too many Christians are looking around at other Christians. And comparing themselves to other Christians and said, oh, well, they don't read their Bible and I read my Bible once a week, so I'm good. Both of y'all may go to hell. Amen. Just being honest. But listen, we got to get to the place to where we don't compare ourselves to other Christians. We compare ourselves to Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he was the perfect example. And he left us a great example. Everything that Jesus asked us to do, he did it. Do y'all realize that? Everything that he asked us to do, he did it. He asked us to sacrifice, he sacrificed. He asked us to die daily, he died. Amen? Everything that Jesus asked us to do, he did it. And that's what makes a, a great coach. Anybody play sports? And you play sports and you and you look and you see the coach and you go back and look at what he did. And you're like, coach, you ain't never did nothing. But you want us to run around and do all these things. Come on, coach. But we got to get to the place to where we know that our coach has done it all. Amen. Our coach is the greatest coach. Amen. We're on an undefeated team. Amen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 20. says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning and hired laborers for his vineyard. And now he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, and he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the, in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. And so when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. Listen, that's our job. 
to go out and to get those people that are idle. That's our job to go out. Those people that are just standing there, not doing anything in this world, being lost. We got to go win them. Amen. But I want you to see that last part. It said that that you had one group of people that was working hard from the beginning. And then you had another group that was work that came in at the last hour. And then the landowner, he went and and paid the people that came in last first. How many would have been upset? Like, say, man, I've been working all day. He just got here. You need to pay me first. Amen. But listen, it says, uh, and the last went to first in verse nine. It says, and when they came who were hired by the 11th hour to each receive the denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more like any of us would, right? And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Saying these last men have worked only one hour and you made them equal to us who have borne, who have borne the burden of the heat of day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I am doing no wrong. Did you not agree with me for one denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. And it is not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own with my own things. Or is your eyes evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Listen to this part. For many are called, but few are chosen. But many are called, but few are chosen. Listen, nothing will kill a Christian walk faster than an envious Christian. Because you're sitting there and you're like, God, where is my blessing? God, where is my blessing? And you spend your whole, your whole Christian walk going through struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle. And you continue to see people around you get blessed and blessed and blessed and more blessed. Not realizing that God is doing something in you that he can't do in them. But see, we so we too busy looking at other people that we can't understand and realize what God is doing. Listen, God is doing something in us and we have to count every Every trial and tribulation as a blessing. Amen. Because what we do is we say, oh, man, I'm going through struggles. I, may, I must be doing something wrong. That's a lie from the devil. Because if you're doing something wrong, guess what? That should make you want to look forward to what's coming. To that day that we go and we spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And that's what those people weren't doing. See, when they first started and they was working, everybody was working. They was just working and they was having a good old time. Everything was great. But what happened? They made it all the way to the end of the day without complaining. But what happened? They began to look at other people. How much you get? Oh, wait, how much you get? Because I know you didn't do nothing. How much... You got the same as me? And they begin to say, you know what? I deserve more. 
And listen, this is what the devil is trying to do. This is one of the greatest things that the devil has done. And it's sad. Is that he has made the Christian believe that they have more time. He made the Christian believe that God owes them something. How many know God don't owe us anything? Amen. God don't owe us anything. And how many know we don't have much time left to work? Amen. Those people that were standing out there idle, they was just standing there waiting for somebody to come invite them to work instead of looking for something to do. And that's what a lot of Christians in the church are doing right now. They're just standing there. They're just sitting there coming to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, waiting for somebody to invite them to do something in the church. We got to get to the place to where we say, hey, what can I do? Look around and see, oh, man, this is out of place. Let me do that. This is out of place. Let me do that. How many know as a pastor, you know, hey, you're doing way too much. Calm down. That's never going to happen. That's not going to happen. But it's frustrating as a pastor to see you coming in and you're doing your work and you're doing everything and you have men and you have people in the church and nobody's doing anything. You have things on the floor and people just walking past it. You have needs in the church and nobody's doing anything. Why aren't you doing anything? Nobody asked me to do anything. That can't be our attitude. Amen. We got to have the attitude of what can I do? Amen. So the question is, are you getting ready? Are you getting ready? Amen. You think about the lost souls in this world as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. For the love of Christ compels us. For the love of Christ compels us to do what? Just come to church? No. The love of Christ should compel us to do what Jesus did. Jesus went and, and, and won souls. Jesus went out and did things. We got to be doing something. The love of Christ should compel us to go win the lost, whether we're afraid or not. Because how many know witnessing is a scary thing? But we got to do it. We have to do it anyways. Amen. We never know who life depends on it. Because we judged us that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live shall live no longer for themselves. For themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Listen, once we gave our life to Christ. It's no longer about you. Too many Christians today are living because of them. They're seeing they're having a struggle and it's all poor me, poor me. They're looking at other people. Oh, all of them are married. All of them are doing these things. Where is my husband? Where is my wife? How come they have a ministry? Why don't I have a ministry? How come people are coming to church with them, but nobody wants to come to church with me? All these different things that go through our mind, we have to reset our minds and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to live for you because it's no longer about you. 
in this storm was a, was a perfect example of how people can be selfish or selfless. And I want to say I, I, I'm proud of you guys because I seen the, the, the sharing that we had during these hard times. That was amazing to me to see that it was, hey, you need this, you need this. I'll go out, I'll drive to you, I'll come to you, I'll bring this to you. What do you need? That's what it's about, amen? It's no longer about ourselves. It's no longer about us going to the grocery stores and stacking up on all the toilet paper. And then selling it for three times the price, amen? We as believers have to come together for, for a common purpose, amen? We have to come together for what God is doing in this place, amen? But it starts with us. More importantly, it starts with you. It starts with you. We can no longer sit back and, and be comfortable just coming to church. There's nursery. There's cleaning. There's all kind of things you can do. Amen? It's not just about being up here. Trust me, my choice would not be up here. This is not what I like to do. Amen? But we have to get to the place to where we're saying, God, I'll do whatever it is that you call me to do. Anybody who know me know I'm not a talkative person. Except on the basketball court. But that's another story. Amen. We're not going to talk about that. Amen. But we got to get to the place to where we are doing what God has called us to do. There's a story of a man. He was on his way to he was on his way to work. He was walking down the sidewalk and and a, and a big 18 wheeler was coming at him at 83 miles per hour. The big truck jumped the curb. The, the truck wasn't even supposed to be there, but it jumped the curb and was headed right for him. And another man dropped his things, ran and pushed him out of the way only to be struck by the truck. But the man, didn't, the man who got hit by the truck didn't die instantly. And he looked up at the other man and he said, hey, can you take those things to my grandma? Her life depends on it. That man looked and then he died. And so now that man said, hey, and the man that lived, that got saved, pushed out of the way. He had a decision to make. How many know that would be a tough decision? It wouldn't be, right? It shouldn't be, right? Except for he was going to work. And the man who, who, got, who died, he didn't know that last week this man was late three times. And his boss told him if he was late again, he was going to be fired. Now the decision is tough, right? Because you're thinking about yourself, right? You're thinking about your family. What am I going to do? I can't do any of these things if I don't have a job. But how many know God is in control? And so if this man goes to work, he may keep his job for another week or two. But how many know if, if he go and do what God has told him to do? God will take care of them. Because if your boss fire you because you almost died and then you did what the man asked you to do, 
How many know that's probably not a boss you need to have around? Amen. But listen, things will be different if when that right before that man died, he said, I need you to take this to my grandma. Her life depends on it. And when you get there, she'll have a million dollars waiting for you. How many know that would be real easy? But how many know God don't work that way? How many know God don't work that way? God works in the way of, hey, you go and do what I ask you to do, and I'll take care of you. Amen? But listen, what God has for us is greater than a million dollars. And so I asked you this question tonight. Would you rather, how many would rather have $4.17 million or a tall glass of cold water? How many would choose the water over the, over the million? Nobody? Is there any situation where you would choose the glass of water? Right? If you was out in a, in a desert with nowhere to go, that money wouldn't mean nothing, right? We got to have a perspective of God, amen? The things of this world means absolutely nothing. We, we, want for this, we want for the things of this world. We want for those things. But then God says, hey, you don't need those things. I need you to take this cold glass of water that'll quench your thirst. Amen. I am that living water, the Bible says. Amen. But too many times we choose those other things. And God is like, man, just choose me. I'll take care of you. We got to get to the place to where Jesus is number one. And we're doing his will. But how many know you can't do his will if you don't know what it is? The first commandment says put God first. And a lot of people are like, what? That's the first commandment? And the second one says do not make any graven images. Do not bow down to any other image. Idolatry. Don't do it. But we wouldn't know that if we didn't read our Bibles. Amen. And so when you make those other things God's, you're breaking a commandment. Amen. When you put your job first, you're breaking a commandment. When you put the things of this world first, you're breaking a commandment. But see, we wouldn't know that. We all know thou shalt not steal, kill, and those other ones, right? But we don't know those other ones that, that, that matter. Thou shalt not covet. Just like when we're looking at what somebody else has, man, they got, they getting all the blessings. Thou shalt not covet. Number 10. These are all things that we can look to and say, Lord, I'm not doing what you've called me to do. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I was, I woke up out of my sleep and I began to, I was just sitting there for a while and I looked at my clock and it was 417 and I'm, and I, and I was like, okay, what does that mean? I went, used the bathroom, came back and, and God, and I just felt like I needed to Google what 417 scriptures and so I began to Google that and I looked them up and, and how many know God can use a donkey? Amen. 
If God can use a donkey, he can use Google too. Amen? Amen? And so I looked at these verses and I was like, God, what are you trying to tell me? And he just began to speak to me, began to pour out to me that we have no, we have no more time to sit around and wait. To sit around and play church. Amen. So let's look at Matthew chapter 4. Verse 17. Look at what Jesus. Verse 17 it says for. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? That means today is the day that we need to stop playing with Jesus Christ. Because how many know we can fool everybody in this place? We can put on the best act possible. And everybody in here will, may believe, man, that, that, that's a man of God. That's a woman of God. And God is like, I don't know them. Amen. We got to get to that place to where God knows us. We can't worry about the people in the church, even though we do. Amen. But we can't worry. They can't have a final say. They can't make us feel at the get us to the place to where it's like, you know what? They think I'm good. So I'm good. Amen. Long as they think I'm good, I'm good. Amen. How many know we got a job to do? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's time for us to repent. It's time for us to quit playing church. It's time for us to quit. And I'm going to keep saying it until we get it. Amen. So if you don't get anything else out of this message. Let today be the day that you start new. Amen. Put all your pride aside. Because we, we visualize this altar as a, as a weak place. And this is one of the most powerful places we can come to because we can come here and we can cry and not worry about who's looking or whatever. And then we can get up full of strength and we can go to wherever we go. Like for me, I got to go to work after this. And I plan on telling somebody I preach today. And they're going to say, what you preach on? And I'm going to say, thank you for asking. Let me tell you. Amen. We got opportunity. Amen. Listen, God has given each and every one of us opportunities to win souls, whether it's through your struggles, whether it's through your job, whether it's through school, whatever it may be. Listen, God has given us all opportunities, but we got to use them. We have to use them. Second Timothy chapter four, verse 17. Watch this. Because how many know we, we, we let fear control us? We let fear control us, even though God says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power and of a sound mind. Right. But watch this. If this don't give you hope and strength, amen. It says, but the Lord stood with me. And strengthen me so that the message might be preached fully through somebody else. No. Through you. Through you. 
How many know we may not all be pastors, but we're all called to preach the gospel? Each and every one of us are called to preach the gospel. There is not one person in here, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, we're all called to preach the gospel. You too, little baby. You can use babies. How many know babies are awesome? Amen. I still remember Josiah's first word was Jesus. How amazing is that? What kind of favor is, is that? God is amazing. And then to have my son preach a message last Wednesday. Amen. God is doing things, but we got we to gotta seize those opportunities. Too many times we're afraid, but it says that he will strengthen us. Amen. That all the Gentiles may hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Listen, there's no more time for excuses. If you go back and look at the verses before that verse, Paul's friends left him. Demas and a whole bunch of them left him. But he said, my boy Luke, riding with me. I don't know which translation that is, but that's what he said. Amen. But listen, when you come to Christ, God is going to show you who your friends are. He's going to show you who your friends are. Because too many times we feel like, oh, man, I got a lot of friends. They're influencing you and doing all kind of things. You don't come to church and, and be on fire for God because of your friends. But listen, when I came to Christ, I didn't talk to my best friend for 10 months. In that, in that time before I got saved, that birthday before, I had like 40 people come to a bar or club with me. In the next year, I was saved, and I invited those same people. Only two people came to church. My best friend and the guy that I had just met at the, at the gym. Two people. All those people who claimed to be my friends, but where were they? God will show you who your friends are. But you got to stick with him. Amen. Let's look at James chapter four, verse 17. It says, come now. Who says today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. How many know that's true? Especially in Texas. Amen. For what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. All such boasting is evil. Listen to this next verse. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Amen? Is winning souls good? Yes? Is telling people about Jesus good? 
So if you're not doing it, are you sinning? If you're not doing it, are you sinning? But to him, it is sin. You got to go to God and you got to ask him. God, am I supposed to be a soul winner? No. We're called to win souls, amen? In Ephesians 4, 17, we're not going to read it all, but I want to just share a part. It says, it, and it talks about the new man. How many know when we come to Christ, we are a new man, amen? We are a new creation, amen? And so if you are a timid person, a scared person, scared to talk to people, that can't be your excuse when you come to Christ. Why not? Because the Bible says you are a new man. You are a new person. You are a new creation. Amen. And so it, it says that you, we got to go and do what God has called us to do. And what did Jesus call us to do? Go back to that, that story I told about the man that died. How many know that had to be important for that to be his last words? Amen. Go give this to my grandma for her life depends on it. What did Jesus say in his last words? Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? We got to get excited when we see new people. Amen? And when we see new people coming to the church, we got to go make ourselves known. Because that's the one thing that overwhelmed me and caused me to come back. Man. Are these people serious? Let me see if they're really serious. I'm coming back. Coming back. Because I want to see if, the, if this is real or if this is just a front. And how many know if you're doing what God has called you to do, people will see it. Philippians 4, 17. Do not seek the gifts. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Amen? I seek the fruit. How many know it's important for us to have fruit? The Bible says that they will know you by your fruit. Amen? They will know you by your fruit. They will know who you represent because of what you do, because of your fruit. Amen. And so when you think about that, winning souls, bringing your friends to church, letting them have an opportunity to respond to the altar call. That's one of the reasons I invited my friends all the time. Because I know that at the end of every service, whether they preach good or not. At the end of the service, they would have that same opportunity that I had. August 28, 2012. I don't remember what Pastor Marshall preached about. It doesn't matter what he preached about. But he said those words at the end of that service. 
He said, if you die today, do you know where you would spend eternity? And how many know I couldn't answer that question? I couldn't answer that question. And he said, listen, if you can't answer that question, then you need Jesus. And that was my cue. I didn't hear anything else. I knew I needed Jesus that night. I knew that if I left that church without giving Jesus Christ my life, that I would be dead or in jail right now. Listen. We can't continue to do what we've been doing. We can't continue to struggle reading the Bible. The Bible is our lifeline. The Bible is what keeps us going. The Bible is what tells us what, what to do, how to live this life. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And he also said, I am this. I am this word. And so if we're not reading this word, if we struggle to read the greatest book that was ever written, how are we really doing the will of the God, the will of the Father that's in heaven? And you remember the verse. Listen, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but what I am saying is you need to check yourself tonight. Don't let tonight go by without you saying, you know what, Jesus, I need you. I don't, I don't want to be without you. Amen. Let us bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Listen, tonight, you may be struggling. You may be saying, Duane, you don't, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my struggles. You don't know how hard my life is. The last verse in 2 Corinthians 4. Starting in verse 16, he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Listen, don't give up. The only way to lose is to give up. Amen. And so no matter what you're going through tonight, listen. Jesus wants to renew you tonight. He wants you to have a renewed spirit tonight. But we got to put our faith, we got to put our trust and our hope in him. And so I want to ask that question all over this place. No looking around, every head bowed, every eyes closed all over this place. 
I want to ask you tonight, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would spend eternity? Without a doubt. Do you know that you would spend eternity with Jesus Christ? Listen, if you're on the fence, if you're wavering back and forth, if you're saying, I'm not sure, listen, I just want you to lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. I see your hand. I see your hand. to those that are, to the young people that are listening. God didn't give us an age. We think, we don't know when that time could be that you may take your last breath. That guy in the red shirt, he looked pretty young, amen? And I don't want that to be anybody in this place. I don't want you to think about your friend that's right next to you. I want you to think about Jesus. And listen, if you want to make heaven your home and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all over this place, how many? Just put your hands up and put them right back down. Amen. And one last call. Maybe you've given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've, you've, you've said that prayer. Maybe you've lifted your hands, came to the altar. Maybe you're even in ministry. But you haven't given Jesus Christ everything. I just want you to lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. Not worried about the pride that is in you. Listen, just do what God has called you to do tonight. Because there's no longer time to play games. Let us all stand to our feet tonight. Verse 17 says, for our light affliction, which is but a moment, is working for us far more exceedingly in eternal weight of glory. That means that the things that you go through cannot compare to what God has for you in heaven. Amen. You think about what Job went through, that can't compare to what God has for him in heaven. Amen. Listen, if you were serious and you meant that, those who raised your hand, I want you to step out of your seats and come down to the altar. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen.
give five more seconds to anybody else who raised their hand. Amen. Listen, we can't worry about who's looking, who's watching. We got to do what God has called us to do. Amen. Because those people that are looking, that are watching, they can't save you. Jesus can save you. I love young people. Amen. Because God is doing something in them. Amen. God is doing something in this place. Amen. I want you guys to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross for me, for being buried in a tomb and raising again on the third day. Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I need you to be my savior. Jesus, I call on your name because your word says all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Use this time. Make today that day. Remember this day. February 24th, 2021. I went forward. I gave my life to Christ. And from this point forward, no matter the, the, how much you may fall, you may fall. You're going to fall. But you get back up. And you say, you know what? Use this time to tell someone. Don't keep this to yourself. This is one of the most important things is don't keep this to yourself. Celebrate this day. So that people will know, hey, I gave my life to Christ on this day. And this day I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And I'm going to use this day to win souls. Amen. Listen, God is doing something in this place. God is doing something in this place. And it starts with the young people. Amen. It starts with you too. It starts with those young people that are behind you. When you go to school, be the best learner you can be, but also be the best Jesus you can be. One of the best ways to do that is to compliment somebody who don't get compliments. Tell them they got a nice shirt on today. Tell them they got nice shoes. You see somebody drops books on the ground, go help them up. Amen. And God will begin to do something in you. God will begin to do something in you. No matter the struggles you may go through, know that God is with you. The Bible says that he will strengthen you so that the gospel can fully be preached.
through you. Through you. Through you. Amen. Supposed to come forward. Let us come to the altar. Amen. Like the rain.